alcohol is the biggest stitch up. You know, you might get you might get your half an hour of like, oh, I'm having a great time, but like our brains, well, my brain was so quick to forget the hangovers and how awful I felt for that 30 minutes of seeing my favorite band, you know? Uh, like, it's just, it feels like a total stitch up. This is Not Quite Alcoholics, with me, Rory Kinsella, a meditation teacher, sober coach, and the creator of We Meditate to Quit Alcohol and the Six Steps for Not Quite Alcoholics. If you're considering changing your relationship with alcohol and are looking for tips, advice, and inspiration, you've come to the right place. Not Quite Alcoholics, how to go alcohol-free before rock bottom. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Andrew Addy. Andrew is CEO of Untoxicated, an organization that describes itself as a thriving tribe of around 9,000 sober and sober curious people, passionate about having a laugh, meeting new mates and smashing social norms along the way. Before Andrew quit drinking, he had been a binge drinker who found himself then drinking every day when he reached his 30s. He describes himself as a privileged 35-year-old white cis gay man living in Darlinghurst, Sydney, a common and often celebrated face of drinking, and he compares his coming out as a non-drinker to when he came out as being gay. So, Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Rory. It's great to be here. Great. Um, so it would, it would be great if you could talk a bit about your history of drinking for, for the audience. Oh, sure. I mean, where do I start? <laughs> um, I'm a little, you know, I'm a tropical fruit. I grew up in Cairns in far north Queensland. Um, and, you know, my relationship with alcohol started when I was quite young, very young, which is very normal um, for, for those sort of regional areas, I would I would suggest. Um, you know, I think I had my first drink when I was, you know, 12, like stole some alcohol off my folks and off I went, started a very, uh, you know, long uh, career with drinking, unfortunately. Um, you know, I'd always, I'm, I'm a very social sort of person, I'm always out, you know, here in the town, dinners, whatever. Um, but, you know, things took a really sort of grotesque turn. Uh, when I hit my 30s, um, I was drinking every day and, you know, um, I'd been seeing a psychologist for most of my adult life and that was related to, you know, pretty much my sexuality. Um, but, you know, I al always, there was a really common theme with all of my psychologists saying, you need to stop drinking. And I would just swat it away. I would swat it away because, you know, I was on top of it. I knew what I was doing. Um, but, by the time I hit my 30s, I was drinking every day. Uh, I didn't know whether I could stop, you know. I, you know, some days I would just be so hungover. The only break that I would get is that I was so hungover I wouldn't get out of bed. Um, and that was the only break that I'd give my, my body and my mind. Um, so I was working very closely with my psychologist and also very lucky to have... Uh, an alcohol specialist GP um, that I got access to uh, called the Clean Slate Clinic um, here in mm -hmm. um, Sydney and um, went through that program. 
you know, did a home detox um, with working very closely with my GP and psychologist. And what am I up to now? Nearly two and a half years sober. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> so what, what, did, did you have one of those traditional rock bottom moments? What, what was the point where you realized that your life would be better without alcohol? Sure. That's such a good question. Um, and I feel like, you know, the answer that I'm going to give is very um, common with a lot of people that are looking at their relationship with alcohol. I didn't hit rock bottom. You know, I, I didn't, um, you know, have that, that epiphany moment. Um, but if I was just, you know, I did a lot of reflection um, and I strung together a whole bunch of times and experiences in my life where, you know, I was just being a real dirtbag, <laughs> to be honest, um, you know, I, you know, rocking up to like go, going to, oh, I don't know, you know, not to you know, beat myself up or anything, but rocking up to a baby shower drunk, you know, getting wasted at weddings, um, you know, those really big events. That's what just, weddings are. F that's what weddings are for, aren't they? Oh yeah. Just <laughs> that's my it. memory of weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just hit it. You know, as soon as you baby showers door, less so maybe. Yes. Well, <laughs> here we are. Um, you know, um, any opportunity where alcohol could be involved, I would be the ringleader. You know, and say, oh, well, we should definitely get some alcohol. We should definitely, you know, make this event all about drinking, um, you know, and I'd worked in workplaces that were dry historically and I'd do whatever I could to make sure that things were moved outside of work hours to, you know, enable alcohol. And, you know, I had a really big influence in that. You know, I'd always been in positions that had that influential role, um, you know, always in charge of the social club and that sort of thing. And, I, you know, my behaviour was affecting so many others, so many others. And my, you know, I could, I could talk anyone into having a drink with me, anyone. And this, and I'm talking, this is like Saturday stuff. Like, I, you know, on a Monday, Tuesday, I'm just like, let's go to the pub. It's Tuesday. It's just like, why? <laughs> but I could con convince people easily. Yeah. Um, even on a Monday, that's shocking. <laughs> shocking to hear. Um, so, <laughs> And when, when you did quit, did you go, did you go straight to nothing? Did you moderate? Did you go straight to abstinence? How, how did it go for you? Yeah. So big, um, you know, I just, you know, my mental health has always been a, you know, a big part of my life, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, depends how you look at it. It's a part of me, you know, my mental health it is just a part of me and I've got to look after myself. Um, so I prepared a really big plan working with those people that, I mentioned, you know, my GP and my psychologist and my friends and family, really big role. So, you know, I am a project manager <laughs> and I sort of adopted that into my life and I was like, right, had a lead-in period. Um, the tools that I used were, you know, lots and lots of talking, um, staying really busy. I, um, in the um, home detox program that I did, um, I used medication. Um, so, um, you know, I did... There was a lot of, um, you know, uh, benzos, like, you know, the Valium side of things to just help keep me chill mm -hmm. and calm. Um, I used to use a medication, also used a medication called naltrexone, um, which sort of renders alcohol sort of useless. Um, so, you know, I did all this planning, told all my friends, told all my family, um, picked a date, you know, the night before was just chaos. I was so drunk. Like, I, you know, <laughs> 
I'm not the drunkest I've ever been, but it was a, a real hurrah. Woke up, felt horrendous, you know, was sick. Um, and then I kicked it off, you know, and I poured everything I had into it, to be honest. Um, I, you know, I knew that if I didn't stop drinking, it is an early grave. There's no other way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd worked with my doctor, checked, you know, how my body was going and it was struggling big time. Um, and, you know, we're talking like by the time I hit 40, so, you know, five years away now, I'd be in some pretty big trouble with, with my body, some irreversible mm-hmm. damage, you know. Um, so, you know, having all these things in my head, having this big plan was really useful for me and I could just follow it. Um, so I got to one week and that was, you know, okay. (laughs) It was pretty hard. Um, but because you, I was sort of conscious of it and I was thinking about it all the time. That was a really useful, um, tool because I'd had all these strategies that I'd put into place. It's like, okay, I'll go and do this instead. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll call this person, you know, behind me, behind my sobriety, I'd say there's at least 10 people. Um, supporting me, which is um, which is a part of the plan that I put together. Um, so I put all these like things into place um, to support me, and you know, then I got to a month, and then I got to three months, and then that's when I started sort of weaning off the medications that I was on, and then you get to six months, and then I was surprised, <laughs> very very surprised, and then I realised. Oh, okay. Six months, that's pretty big. That's, you know, you've changed a habit. What do they say? 30 days and you change a habit. Got to six months. I was like, what am I going to do now? What do I do now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because those strategies, I I needed them less, you know. I'd created these new ways of coping and my mental health was like I could see through time. There's no other way to put it, you know. Um, without yeah. drinking, um, I just had such clarity. But with that came this sort of um, loneliness. There was a loneliness. Um, I'd adapted to, um, you know, socialising without booze, being around booze, um, going to dinners, you know, boozy dinners. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm going to wake up at 5am and go for a swim in the ocean. You know, yeah. I think it's time that I probably find some people that sort of align with that, <laughs> yeah. which I found to be so useful. And that, you know, that brings me really to Untoxicated, you know, the organization that I've just taken over running, um, which really fosters that um, community of sober socializing or, you know, socializing without the booze. Um, and it's so fantastic. You know, I, I just get so much from it, you know, making those connections with other people that, may have gone through the same thing or people that just don't drink. There's a lot of people that just don't drink. Um, and that's for a range yeah. of reasons, you know, can be allergies, can be cultural reasons. Um, they just don't like it. Um, and finding that community just has really kept me on track. You know, I'm up to two and a half years, I think. Uh, yeah. Two and a half years. So loving it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> amazing. Thanks for sharing that. And you know, it's great. Great to, to, to see you yeah, noticing that there are so many people who don't drink. Like uh, as a non-drinker now, I even noticed that within drinking situations, there are so many people who barely drink, you know, like people who have 
they'll have a glass of wine, but they don't, really don't have it. They might have half of it or there are so many, because in the old days, I'd assume that everyone was having, you know, two bottles of wine like me <laughs> and, and yeah. wouldn't notice that they weren't. But um, going back to what you were saying about kind of having that six months of living your old life, but without drinking, mm-hmm. how, how was the process for you of, yeah, how many friends did you lose over it? And how difficult was that process? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I do a bit of reflection on that, actually, because I didn't actually lose a lot of friends. You know, I put in a lot of effort to maintain friendships because I'm a social person. And, you know, you, you put in a, I put in a lot of work to re-engineer those friendships. So instead of going to the pub, instead of going and getting wasted, it was, hey, I'll meet you for brunch. I'll meet you in the morning. Yeah. And I've already lived a whole life before, you know, it gets to 10 a.m. on a weekend. You know, I've, I've gone and swum three k's in the <laughs> ocean. I've, you know, I'm ready for a nap, to be honest. Um, and, you know, you, you, you just sort of you rework things, you know. It, it feels, at the start, it felt like the end of the world because I thought that I was going to lose all these friendships and, you know, but at the end of the day, as you mentioned, I was the one drinking two bottles of wine <laughs> and they were just having half a glass, <laughs> you know, and then you're like, oh, right. It's, you know, it's not, it's not this, it wasn't the center of their, you know, socializing anyway. It was mine. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I've got to do the work here. And, you know, I did. It, it was difficult. Some friends you, you do lose, like, you know, if, if the friendship isn't there to start with, if they're just you know, there for the booze, you know, it's not going to work out. But luckily, um, that hasn't been many people at all. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great, I, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you in a sec about what your strategies were. But for me, that was a really good strategy for keeping friendships, just changing the terms of them saying, you know, I don't want to be out in a bar till one in the morning getting tired, but I'd love to meet you for, for breakfast. And then you know, if you go for dinner, then it is alcohol is an issue. But if you go for breakfast, you know, very few people are <laughs> going for drinks or, mm-hmm. you know, if they are, it's fine for you not to be. Mm-hmm. So those, those, those things of, yeah, let's go for a walk. Let's play tennis, you know, things where it would be weird to drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and re- reconfiguring your friendships around that. And people appreciate it as well because they often don't get the chance to do those things with you because you've always been the one saying mm-hmm. bar <laughs> bottle shop you absolutely know? absolutely i cannot tell you how much sporting equipment i now own <laughs> <laughs> we got i got everything i got tennis i got water polo i got you know ocean swimming i got wetsuits you know the list like seriously it's out of control um and people do actually appreciate that you know, I found that it was just so nice to connect pe- with people, with my friends, in a way that I never connected with them before. I was like, I'm actually growing my friendships by doing this, you know, mm. instead of that same old story. Yeah. So going back to your your strategies that you yeah. referred to, what, what were kind of the key ones that, that worked for you? I know you said you had a big support network and you did lots yeah. of talking. Um, what else really worked for you? Yeah, that's such a good question. And, you know, this is, you know, people probably listening will have their own strategies. But, you know, for me, it was, you know, it's kind of, if I was going to a place where there was alcohol, um, I had like a, my first rule was go early, go hard, 
go fast, leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not a shy person. Um, and I knew that I had like this really great window of about an hour and a half before everyone started mm. getting really wasted. <laughs> and then that was my time to shine. And then you get out of there. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I always would put a, kind of like a timer uh, in my head and I'd always um, plan something to do after um, hanging around people where there was lots of alcohol and those situations. And it definitely it was the early morning things on the weekend. Um, I would, you know, put things in. Could have been anything, you know. There was, I was hitting the gym, you know, doing the 6 a.m., classes, like things like that, having those things to look forward to, you know, that the clarity that you get, um, you know, when you're waking up, you know, not hungover is just such a great feeling, you know, and you just latch onto the things that are going to make you feel good. It's exercise. And, you know, some people will come and do that stuff with you, you know, in developing these friendships that I had, people are keen, you know, people don't want to go and get wasted all the time. So that was a really good strategy always have an escape plan always mm. tell i told at least one person um that if i looked faint <laughs> if i looked nervous if i looked uncomfortable um i would be pulling a ripcord <laughs> very quickly and i would be leaving um with not yeah. too much fuss don't make a fuss about it just let me go you know because this is the the threshold that you reach where people will be getting towards the tipsy stage. And that's when if I did feel um, very out of place. If someone would take notice of me leaving, then I'd get really paranoid and then I'd freak out. And then that's when I would, you know, feel yucky. <laughs> yeah. I think even as a, when I was still a drinker, kind of when I was in my transitioning, realizing that I, I didn't want to do it forever. I always generally found that ghosting was so much easier for me on a night out, just oh. <laughs> leaving because otherwise it becomes this big debate on, Oh, why don't you love me? Why, you know, wh yeah. why, why are you doing this? Why are you ruining the evening? And they <laughs> yeah. probably won't even remember it the next day. Oh. But you're like, Ugh. especially as a so super social person, like you said you were, I'd feel that I was offending people. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. just leave. And then no, no one even knows. Yeah, we love. I love a good ghost. <laughs> Always, <laughs> it's a. I'm outside. I'm leaving. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs> to, you know, yeah. usually to the one person yeah. that I've you know teed up before. Those, those, yeah. yeah. There's getting yeah. out of those situations is just so uncomfortable. <laughs> but you get better. Yeah. You, I've definitely gotten better at the time. I'm definitely um, being really kind to myself you know it i would um i used to get into like quite a panic um about you know being in un uncomfortable situations and kind of like beat myself up a little bit it's just like oh well and that's when you know the feeling of drinking might come back to me it's like well if you were drinking mm. this wouldn't be happening so there's that mental health aspect bubbling up again that i had to be really you know kind to myself and you know Definitely comes back to those rewards that I was talking about, you know, reward myself like in, in, in a million different ways, you know, a lot of the time it's, you know, delicious ice cream, but you know, <laughs> it's just something that's something that will get out that self-soothing, that self-calming um, activity really, really helped me. And it still does. It actually still does. Yeah. Right. Um, so 
yeah, how would you say that your life has changed in the two and a half years since you quit? Yeah, it's, um, look, the only way that I can describe it is my life was sort of linear and it feels like it's become exponential, you know. I'm achieving things like beyond my wildest dreams, you know. I am fit, you know. I, I was kind yeah. of fit before, but not really. Um, I can swim, you know. I started ocean swimming, and which I love and adore. I've always loved the ocean, but I was never really fit enough to go out and do it. I swim five-kilometer races now, and, you know, I'm becoming a lifesaver. Um, you know, I run a charity now, a health promotion organization. Uh, I got a promotion at work. You know, it's just these things. I set these goals and I just keep achieving them. <laughs> what well, feels like quite quickly. I just, it, fe- <laughs> it like, it feels like I can see through time sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, really? It was all I had to do was stop drinking? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a poster child, I think. You know, um, the things that, you know, are still tricky. Definitely, you know, especially in the the gay and LGBTQA plus community, which we know is is more affected by um, you know problem drinking. Um, yeah, definitely being in those situations where people drink more, I feel like I am just one hundred percent swimming upstream sometimes, and that's when I've got to be really careful, focus on my strategies, and just get out of there. So, how do you think? Um, coming out as a non-drinker was different with your gay friends and your straight friends? Yeah, there's just, there's a real culture. There's a huge culture in the, um, you know, rainbow community with, you know, everything centering around drinking. You know, it's really, well, broadly speaking, it's hard to find things to do without booze. (laughs) And then we know in the rainbow community, it's, Booze, 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 booze. Just, yeah, white wine drunk. Let's just drink. Drink, 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 drink. Drinks in the sun, drinks at the beach. Just all about drinking. It just all revolves around that. And when you go against that, you just feel so out of place. So out of place, which is, you know, a double whammy when you might already, you know, feel that um, isolation from society sometimes being a part of the rainbow community. And then if you don't drink in the rainbow community, I mean, I feel like even more of an outsider sometimes. But, you know, this, it's a double coming out. And, you know, I don't have any problems coming out as gay now, uh, gay or queer. Um, and, you know, but coming out as a non-drinker, I'm like, oh, my God, what are they going to think? Oh, they're going to think I'm such a loser. Um, but, you know, my strategies kick in. Go hard, go fast, get out. Great. Um, so let's... Let's talk a bit now about how you're how you're sharing your journey with others and how you're taking what you've learned from your own experience and and, and paying it forward, paying it back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I found um, intoxicated. Um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just I'm just going to go for it. And you know, I'm probably a key example of someone that had never been to a meetup group. I'd never done anything like that. Like actually, the sort of it sounded horrifying, you know, going to meet a whole bunch of strangers, um, you know, without really knowing anything about them. You know, I, I, ha- I have and always had big social circles. And so the sort of doing something like this was so outside of my comfort zone. But I went to the, my first untoxicated event as a, you know, attendee. 
and I was so nervous and I was so, you know, I felt like cancelling. I was like, oh, this is going to be horrendous. And then I got there and I met this table full of people that were all like, you know, you could tell people a little bit like, oh, what's happening? But within five minutes, you know, every it was just a house on fire, you know. And, you know, we didn't talk about drinking. We didn't talk about our problems. We were just talking about ourselves. And I was like, okay, this is 100% what I need. People that, you know, have maybe gone through what I've gone through, but basically just there without the booze, but love the social aspect. And I really turned a corner, you know. Um, and then I started hosting um, for Intoxicated, which you've probably figured out is no chore for me. Um, but doing, you know, a whole <laughs> bunch of, you know, activities and, you know, wild things. We go dancing and bouldering and swimming and dinners, 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 trivia. I'm a trivia buff. I love it. Um, and I've just found this like awesome community of people um, that really gives me great, you know, purpose and direction. I, I love it. I thoroughly love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's really important, I think, for people thinking about changing their relationship with alcohol. They often give alcohol more credit than it deserves in terms of their their memories. They're like all those good times I had with my friends, all those music festivals I went to. They're like, that was the booze. It's like, no, you were drinking, but that, you know, watching your favorite band is enjoyable anyway. Yeah. Having a laugh with your friends is enjoyable anyway. You happen to have alcohol with it, but don't give alcohol all the credit for it. Oh, absolutely. Alcohol is the biggest stitch up, you know, you might get, <laughs> You might get your half an hour of like, oh, I'm having a great time. But like our brains, well, my brain was so quick to forget the hangovers and how <laughs> awful I felt for that 30 minutes of seeing my favorite band, you know, uh, like it's just, it feels like a total stitch up. <laughs> You're just like, what? And, and now I reflect, yeah. I'm like, why would I possibly do that? Why? Yeah. And it's all self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. Like it, I, I say that. If I, if I had to count the hundred worst times that I've ever felt in my life, like 97 of them would be self-inflicted <laughs> from, from alcohol. Absolutely. I, you know, 100%. Um, yeah, couldn't agree more, you know. And it's just this thing in society where it's just like, just, just, you just keep going back. You just keep going yeah. back. And I feel like, you know, I've escaped. I've escaped this, you know, it feels like a cult I've, you know, and I've done all this work and I, you know, I've like run to the street and I've jumped in the back of a car and I've made it back to town. And then <laughs> I got back to town and everybody's in the cult. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh no, I'm back in the cult again. Um, <laughs> but you know, having intoxicated, which, and, and there's so many other organizations out there too, that are on the same, that have escaped from the cult with me. Um, which is so good to yeah. see, but, you know, there's a lot of work to do. Normalizing, socializing without booze, it's trending. And, you know, I'm just so glad that I'm a part of it because, you know, what I've gotten from it, you know, personally is huge. And I just, I'm just so glad to be sharing that with others, you know, absolutely. We, we made it out. <laughs> um, I love that idea of, of escaping the cult. I also like, I can't remember who, who I heard say this recently, but they were saying that if, if alcohol was a product that was launched today, it would never be um, 
allowed it would never be made legal it's that damaging oh. and, and toxic and 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 instead we're in this situation where we're the weird ones but oh. not, but <laughs> yeah, not drinking. yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> and i'm just like what just like no i i am having a great time and yeah it just feels like it falls on deaf ears i'm just like and you're right about alcohol as well you know in the health implications you know the the impact and the money that goes into alcohol is just obscene you know and the money that goes into organizations you know trying to support this lifestyle without booze is is so disproportionate which is really disappointing but you know we we continue we do um andrew addy thank you very much for joining me today it's been a pleasure hearing your story and hearing the great work that you're doing with intoxicated thank you so much for having me rory thoroughly enjoyed If you're looking to change your relationship with alcohol, check out my guided meditation series, We Meditate to Quit Alcohol, my six steps for not quite alcoholics program, which offers motivation, meditation and accountability to help you achieve your drinking goals. If you found this useful or interesting, please give us a rating and a review before you leave so that other people like you can find us and share with any friends who may also find it useful.